Hi, and welcome to Zed Games. Recorded live at 4ZZZ Studios in Brisbane and broadcast nationally over the community radio network, Zed Games brings you the latest gaming news, reviews, and interviews from across Australia and around the world. You're listening to Zed Games, produced live out of 4ZZZ Studios. You might be listening to us on 102.1 FM on Zed Games in Zed Games, Zed Digital in Brisbane, or around the country on the community radio network. Nailed I'm it. tongue-tied cringy, obviously. Nailed it, buddy. As if it could be anyone else. <laughs> I'm the only one with the guts to fumble that much. That's guts it. is one word, but wow. we could come up with others. It's bravery is what it is. He's a, he's a true hero. Bravery like when Apple removed the headphone jack. I'm not better. Just insert that, that picture where it's like, you, like lightning connected to USB connected to VGA mm. connected to PS2. Like it's just the, the, okay. whatever. Hi, Ray. What Hello. Is, what is this show? What is happening right now? It's been off the rails since I walked in the door. Yes. Hi. Hello. So Zed Games is a gaming radio program. Yeah. Talking about all things gaming. There's so much gaming to talk about. Yeah. And what about Lee here, the I'm... superstar DJ that hasn't even been uh, introduced yet? Hi. You hi just friends. refuse to be introduced. It's fine. No, I don't need one anymore. That's the thing. <laughs> People tune in for Lee. We need to tell everyone that he's here. Come and listen to just Lee. Yeah. We'll shut up. <laughs> Happy to accommodate. What's uh, what's happening on this episode? There's a lot happening. I've got an interview with Johnny Cruz, who voices Lucio and does a bunch of other stuff as well, but mostly voices Lucio. And you have a review for a video game that I forgot the name of. Yes, that's right. That's the second time that you forgot the name of it. You had time in between. To I didn't forget it again. Me. I only forgot it once. I just didn't bother trying to... What's the game, Lee? The game is called Far Lone Sales. Far Lone Sales. No, that's three words. We mentioned it a few <laughs> times. I wrote it down and sent it to you. I was ready to say sheets when I introed the... <laughs> fine it's all good it's all good i will discuss that at length later on very very excited about that but before all of that we have the week in gaming news headlines ray yes bethesda is suing warner brothers for copyright infringement saying that the westworld mobile game contains code stolen from fallout shelter a studio called behavior was hired by bethesda to create the fallout shelter game but midway through development 40 staff members left to finish the game under the newly formed bethesda montreal Sometime later, Behaviour was contracted by Warner Bros. to create a mobile game based on the popular TV show Westworld, which Bethesda is claiming uses code from an early build of Fallout Shelter. Bethesda is asking for the game to be shut down and a cut of the revenue from all sales. This is great because the reason that they were able to isolate this and go, yes, this is actually using our code, and not just that it was using their I also design. love the way they found this. Because, uh, so like the design is is quite derivative. It but looks you very, very, very similar. Yeah, but you, you can't, you, you can't um, copyright game design stuff. No. But what they found is that it the two games shared the same bugs. There was a technical bug that was actually <laughs> removed from uh, before Fallout Shelter released, where I believe it was like when you load up the game, there's like a weird graphical glitch where all of the image will like appear out of focus except for one spot in like the bottom right corner or something. Something weirdly obscure like that. It was removed before Fallout Shelter was released the first time around, but this game that Bethesda is suing over had it when it released. <laughs> That's how they knew. That's so funny. That, so you can't, because, Lee, I feel like there's probably some way that I feel like Americans will figure out how to sue over game design. But 
you can sue over IP as far as like code, like stuff that you have actually stolen from another company yes, or stuff yes, that yes. you are contracted to you to, to make yeah. and then take that elsewhere. That is illegal. Yes. Yep. Um, and so that is what the main story is here. But a lot of the reporting I've seen from sites is, oh, you know, like it's a rip off a of fallout shelter. That's why Bethesda is suing. I'm like, no, Mm-mm. they actually stole intellectual property. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that's a, that's all on them. That's 100% on them. That's not Bethesda being butthurt. That's Bethesda being like, yeah, you stole our stuff. It's legitimate. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it's hilarious um, that, that that's how they found it. And the people who are working with these companies, remember, this is like... Uh, Bethesda kind of poaching most of the staff from a company um, and like just stripping it bare and, and saying, hey guys, come work with us. And then, you know, um, and then those people are going to be like watching the other studio with some interest, right? Like, yeah. oh, oh, they're putting out a Westworld game. I wonder how that's doing. Like, they have very intimate <laughs> knowledge of the game. And so, I, I mean, I don't know how they thought they could get away with it. Well, I mean, Warner's has got a, a lot of money to swing around as well. So presumably this one settles out of court, right? Where they're just like... You would hope so. We're both rich monsters. <laughs> Let's continue being... Yeah. Yeah. Gaming addiction has been classified as a mental health disorder by the World Health Organization, with a London hospital the first to launch a facility specifically for the treatment of gaming-related conditions. Clinic founder Henrietta Bowden-Jones said... Gaming disorder is finally getting the attention it deserves. We are unlikely to witness an epidemic of young players with an addiction to gaming, but for the ones who do struggle, the Center for Internet Disorders will be a life changer. My understanding is that uh, that hospital exclusively treats gaming disorders by uh, prescribing a uh, hoop and a stick to all of the young youths and uh, forcing them to go outside for a few hours. (laughs) I believe the technical term is bringing you back 40 years culturally. It's yeah. more like a 140. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I don't find it particularly controversial uh, that uh, WHO has mm. uh, come up with a... That's controversial. ...gaming addiction as a, as a thing. I uh, I think that if we are in a position where we you know want to be talking about gaming and its benefits and its ability to improve people's mental conditions, we at least need to acknowledge the fact that uh, there are a lot of people who game in incredibly unhealthy ways. And, you know, like maybe we should look into why that's happening. Yeah, exactly. I think I'd categorize it somewhere in the same league as gambling addiction, Yeah, where it's a sort of neurological condition where gambling Mm. itself... While maybe morally sketchy, is not really the problem. It's the problem is people that have a reliance on it, and to the point where it's detrimental to their lives. And and I feel like there's get- plenty of stories where like MMOs have been caught up in that effect of, yeah, of exactly. really messing up people's lives. Yeah, because yeah. it is it is a way for people to escape yeah. the realities of their life if they're feeling depressed or anxious mm. and things like that. And people have been trying to figure out whether um you know depression is linked to the use of the game or whether people with depression are kind of attracted to these games because of their yeah. of their nature i feel like there's I, I feel i hope i'm not making this up but it's like there could be an argument made that that is a sense of like self medication mm-hmm. where like if you are having trouble coping then immersing yourself in these these social circles through games or just in the game itself is a way to try and internally combat that or at least that's the rationale right for sure um the 
I feel like the the biggest issue that I've seen online with the gaming disorder um, sort of definition through WHO mm. is that they were too hasty to uh, to define it and that it requires more research before mm-hmm. really making this jump to like yes that that is a problem here yep. a lot of that's been caught up in like the the media frenzy over like video games about you yeah at Fortnite, um but that's, that's basically all the media's been doing um but for gaming disorder to be diagnosed yeah the, the behavior pattern has to be of a sufficient severity to result in significant impairment in personal family social educational like it's it's not it it, it that sounds like I'm, I'm not taking a breath while i'm saying that but as far as defining a mental disorder that seems quite brief yeah, mm, yeah. in my mind mm. um we should talk to a doctor about this i know yeah. a doctor we could talk to about this Do you, is it Doctor, Do we think that uh, having our show plan occur live on air is going to produce good radio? Yes. Or should we discuss this later when we are working out what we're doing with the radio just and move saying, on to the next news article? Maybe I could have a doctor on the show literally later in the show. I won't promise yeah. anything, but please let's move on to the next story ja- before I Jack, get carried away behind the Jack's desk. style of radio hosting is very stream of consciousness. It, it really sure is. sure is. <laughs> but it works. <laughs> Does it? Well, it, look, it's still going. <laughs> I haven't had much dead air. That's the bar. We we haven't pulled you away yeah. from the panel. Yeah, yet. exactly. Like that. At that point, you're like, maybe ease up. Yeah. Look, uh, just string us back onto the topic of the game addiction thing very briefly. Um, I think that game developers do have a responsibility to their audience and to the public because we uh, we are seeing games that do kind of exploit. Leverage uh, that that exploit the the psychology of the human brain yes. to to make people compulsively play. Mm. Now most people can kind of um, manage that themselves because you know they're they're doing other things or whatever. But yeah. there are vulnerable people or people who um, sort of have addictive personalities or things like that that Ooh. might be exploited there's, by those there's plenty of research into games like Destiny is a really good example of like taking advantage of a lot of the poker or like um pachinko like uh yeah. like strategies or the the, mm-hmm. the psychology of working in that field and a lot of that has been brought over death to, to games like destiny in that way and um I f- so you think the owner should be on developers in, in making sure that they're not taking advantage well i think that there are a lot of developers that are actively taking advantage of those things for positive change no, not at no, all. No, no, no. They're no. actively taking advantage for, of to, that okay, cool. for their own financial gain. Give us money, okay. And I think that, like, if you are making something that is specifically addictive, uh, then that's probably evil. Yeah, um, it's also not new. No, it's not. I'm not saying it's, it's okay. But it's a problem. Yeah, but it's but... like it's still evil. Like, yeah. <laughs> just stop being evil, yeah. devs. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between a game development studio that sets out to make the best game possible and unwittingly makes a game that's so good that everyone who plays it gets sucked in and and wastes their lives away, right? Uh, But there's also a game development studio, thousands of them right now, that are creating games specifically to exploit uh, people's uh, tendency towards, like, addictive behaviors, like... um, like the serotonin hit you get from yeah. Yeah. from opening the loot box or from the next XP level or, or whatever, whatever, what have you. And these these tactics, I feel like, aren't new either. Like no, but is... we're we're definitely uh, drilling down even further into how they work yeah. and and how to leverage them. Yeah, and we're seeing like 
games being released and millions of people downloading them, which means that a wide variety of people are playing them and so much, so many more than in the old days. Like back in, in uh, the early 2000s with World of Warcraft, they might have had 10 million players. Um, a pick a 12, and, yeah. you know, they might have had like 8 million hopelessly addictive players among them. <laughs> but now we're seeing games like launch on the App Store and being like downloaded 100 million times or yeah. 200 million times. And that's a... Not an epidemic per se, but that it's a bigger problem than it used to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is that next story? The next story, uh, Telltale Games has announced a partnership with Netflix that includes an episodic game based on Stranger Things, as well as an interactive adventure broadcasting on Netflix adapted from Minecraft Story Mode. More information is forthcoming this year. Like, I'm really excited about seeing them... Uh, explore Stranger Things. And also I've heard that maybe they're finally getting a new engine. I don't know if that's going to be happening for Stranger Things, which is probably in production at the moment, but they are finally getting rid of what they've been working with since. Yeah, I've heard that uh, the last game to use the engine, the current engine, will be um, The Walking Dead, the final chapter. Great. And then The Wolf Among Us Part 2 will be the first game. Uh, to use the new one that, when that's released next sweet, year. Sweet, sweet, But I think the Netflix thing is even more exciting uh, and it's going to make this way more accessible, particularly for the audience that they'll be aiming for, which is like you know, young children. Um, like a lot of people have Netflix and find that much more accessible even mm-hmm. than, than games and apps. And if they can find a way to do what they do, which is the the branching choices thing more so than the environmental exploration stuff that they've been kind of cutting back on uh i i think there's there's a cool area for them to mine there i think that's that's a fertile space if they can you know get it to work and i mean you know we have seen interactive dvds that are the equivalent of dragon's lair for a while now but um this is still i'm i'm keen to see how this works and how it's picked up yeah i'm keen to see how it's how it's going to work technically, mm. like how you would make the choices within the Netflix app or interface. Yeah. Uh, like, will the options come up well, as sort of like recommended viewings and you choose one or, or how would that work? Well, I think, um, I mean, at the moment already, they are able to introduce UI elements over the top of um, the show as it's running. You know, you might have seen that happening with the uh, skip the intro button that pops mm. up now. So... How flexible that system is is the question, but uh, it seems like they can already detect when you are at certain points. It's just how they, uh, you know, then figure out how to make those choices happen at appropriate times, how to loop things as necessary, how to make it seamless. That sounds cool, and this could be the start of something bigger, I think, Mm. if it's successful. Yeah. Uh, Lastly, the Australian Classification Board is reconsidering its ban of We Happy Few, a game that is built around the premise of performance-enhancing drugs. Under the current code, games released in Australia cannot feature in-game rewards as a result of drug use. The board will consider public submissions in its decision. Any interested members of the public with an opinion on the matter can submit an opinion via email, which is crb at classification.gov.au. That's kind of a broad description of what We Happy Few is actually about. Mm. Um which is that you are, is this kind of like uh, the 1960s prisoner, the prisoner TV show, right? Where there's like a, um, uh, you're trying to infiltrate a 60s era 
British society where everyone is having like mood altering drugs to maintain civility and uh, you've suddenly like yours have worn off and you're aware that things aren't aren't what they seem and so part of that is like trying to uh, engage in social stealth and pass as uh, as a regular member of society and so occasionally there are times where it might be prudent to like consume some of this drug to be able to you know show some of the side effects of of being like a perfectly pacified uh member of society so there's a lot of social satire there Mm. it's not necessarily in the in the context of the game i don't think it's ever like this drug is great we endorse it um but the classifications board tends to not necessarily look at the those those elements in the in the space of of everything happening around them um but it's cool that they've actually opened this up for submission i don't know whether it's going to work or not but even that act is is more than i was expecting yeah it is a good move a good show of faith i guess i think that the code as it stands now might be a little bit too strict when it comes to concepts like drug use and depictions of sexuality uh which are all things that are fine and dandy in any other artistic medium like films books uh, Etc. Yep. So I'm not sure why the, the they've done it with games to make it sort of more strict. I guess that's just a sort of byproduct of the the thought that um, games are for children primarily. I mean, the whole the whole thing about ACB cracking down on games. I feel like it's almost outside of the sexuality stuff and like almost everything else that you said. The drug influence on games is always the thing that gets acb going yeah like saints row three or four was like you had an anal probing mission and that got through the problem when it was refused classification was saints row four sorry was when they had a drug like they had like you taking this drug and it like gave you rewards or perks or whatever Mm -hmm. else that's always the thing that's like i can appreciate why acb would get kind of finicky about that and i remember like fallout 3 it was like there was an item called morphine and then they changed it to something else in the final release in Australia. Mm. Not sure if either of you remember that. Fallout Me- had, uh, yeah, morphine turned into Medex. Medex. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's always very like trying to minimize that, oh yeah, using drugs is a good thing or mm. Ill- mm. illegal drugs or, you know, like that's kind of what the ACB always gets very, very finicky about. Mm. Weird sexual stuff. This is the this is my last story. God, I sorry. Really, I really hope. Let's that, talk about like, weird sexual. No, no, stuff. no, no. I hope someone just like turned on their radio just then. <laughs> Let's talk about said. real sexual stuff. I'm ready to go. Right. So, Lee, you yeah. were here a few weeks ago sure. when we were I'm talking worried. about Omega Labyrinth Z. Yes, and it was this incredible trailer. Right. And yep, good. Yep, this is good radio. Just imagine, just imagine me. that that's a re- like an incredibly like Japanese like sounding trailer. Mm. It's so dumb this was barred from classification in australia because of its kind of careless depiction of women yeah sure as both of you can see right now and at home just imagine that there are just the anime anime boobs b-e-w-b-s um there's a large emphasis there's a lot of focus on that yes (laughs) um (laughs) where is is any of this going it has now been refused classification from all of the west oh okay it got like even the us and i believe sony actually like the the, this is a story that um has been reported by multiple outlets but as far as the publisher p cube specifically um they've provided information that omega labyrinth z has been um like it's been cancelled on 
both platforms, so PS4 and Vita, and in all Western regions permanently. We will not comment further on this matter. Thank you, thank you for your support. And I kind of read into that as like, yeah, you guys know that this was like this was ridiculously over the top, and there's not like. They, they wouldn't go on the offensive, and they know not to go on the offensive yeah. because it is ridiculous. Yeah. It's so dumb. Anyway, that is the Week in Gaming Headlines. <laughs> You're listening to Zed Games, and uh, a little while ago, I had the chance to chat with Johnny Cruz, who you might know as the voice actor of Lucio in Overwatch, and uh, well, here's a little listen to that one. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us ahead of your visit to uh, Sydney. Is this the first time that you're going to be in Australia? This is the very first time I'm going to be in Australia, and I'm super stoked, super excited. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out of my mind. That's awesome. Um, I, I think I wanted to begin with a question about um, some of the experience leading up to your role in Overwatch. Um, some of, uh, something that I guess people who know you from Overwatch, as, as Lucia might not be so familiar with, is that you've done a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, like you'd um, produced, directed, and edited. Do you feel like that had an effect, or, or what kind of effect that had on your experience as a voice actor? Taking direction uh, has been a big thing, and like giving direction as far as like when you're producing something and when you're taking in the information, it's hard to really clarify your vision and help somebody else understand what you're looking for. Sometimes, you know, like communicating what you want out of someone. Um, and I think getting on that other side to help communicate like what I needed from someone else uh, was a big learning lesson to like when I'm working with directors to help clarify what I need from them and what, um, what, yeah, what I need in order to get the job done. So being on both ends was like, it's been very eye opening to each other side and how on directing what actors need to feel good, to do comedy or to, uh, to feel safe while doing a project. Um, yeah, it's been very eye-opening and, 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 and very helpful as a part of my career. And confidence as well um, has been on both ends. To to do each side grows different talent, so allows you to be more capable in, uh, in more ways than one. Helping also a director who might not know what they're looking for to self-direct and do something that maybe they don't expect uh, as an actor. You'd had a lot of experience as, I, I suppose, a, a more traditional actor, I guess, like sort of a lot of on-camera stuff, the film and TV, um, before coming to voice acting. Uh, what were some of the challenges there as far as jumping from in front of the camera to in, in front of a, a microphone? Um, I think the thing was, is like, in front of a camera, like, you know, you have to be, uh, you're presented as kind of what you are, unless you're doing like prosthetics work, uh, or, uh, you know, like, you can't. If you're overacting, you'll see it. But being behind the mic, I think is really incredible because you can be anything. You know, I played a, a helicopter. I played, you know, rollerblading DJ, uh, uh, a uh, a rock star, and I think all these things you could you could be behind the mic, and it doesn't matter, right? And so, uh, getting the performance out of yourself behind the mic, I make the goofiest, weirdest looking faces to get the right sound, to get the right inflection. You could just, it's just a lot more freer. I use my body to get sound. If I did that on camera, people would be like, what is that guy doing? <laughs> so, um, yeah, the difference is, is like, uh, I think kind of a freer, uh, wider space to like paint uh, uh, the picture through your voice. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, like going from acting to uh, voice acting, one of the biggest things I loved was that, man, learning lines for me was difficult, but. In voiceover, you have the lines just right in front of you. So all you need to do is 
do the performance, right? There's no worrying about like, oh, was that my line or anything like that? Literally, it's right in front of you. So you're free to do uh, the performing. So uh, you got to love some voiceover. One thing that uh, kept coming up when I asked friends of mine, you know, like what, what they'd want to, um, I, I guess, ask you in, in this interview, the, the one that kept coming up was how you got into voice acting. Like as far as how you got into um, the role with Overwatch, like I, I recall going through a few interviews where um, I think it was Troy Baker, um, the, a, a friend of yours had kind of said you uh, said you should get into um, voice acting, but Overwatch wasn't your first role. Um, that I, I feel like it might have been Prototype too. How did that come about? Yeah, that's so funny. It's like I had a manager that was like, hey, they set me up with, you know, on-camera commercial, and they're like, hey, do you want to do go into for a voiceover audition for um, – for a voice agent so yeah i went in for a voiceover audition which i was just like oh you know no big deal not my concentration uh i really didn't like think my voice was like anything special i love to do like voices and character stuff so i was like oh this will be cool um but my own particular voice i wasn't like oh people are vying for this voice which blows my mind because lucio is pretty much my voice just kind of a little bit more amped up that people really connect with that i'm just so like wow you know like when when i saw like that first rendition of lucio like skating with my voice i was like is anybody gonna buy this is anybody gonna like you know think this is like connect with this and then i kind of let it go and i was like yeah we'll see what's up and they did and that's uh that's you know highly uh, gratifying but when it came to the voiceover agent i thought hey if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't and then i they took me on which uh uh I think in the end, I was very appreciative of because sometimes it's difficult to kind of get inside this circle of voice acting. And then I didn't book anything for a while, but then Prototype 2 came along and um, that one was kind of my first introduction to video games. And I literally was like um, a, like, I think like all the Hispanic characters in the game, I think that's kind of like what they, they threw me into. And then, um, uh, the level of efforts that I, they had me do, I, I had never experienced, which is like, okay, now you're going to get your head ripped off. And then <laughs> I got to figure out what that sounds like. You know what I mean? And then using my body to come to those sounds. But funny enough, my entire life, I've been making weird sounds. So I nailed it right there. <laughs> uh, and so that was kind of like, um, kind of my first introduction uh, to video games. And then after that, um, yeah, I was just kind of, um, auditioning but it seems like video games were the prominent thing that i kept getting and yeah when i had first moved to moved to la my friend troy baker who I, who I knew him from texas i called him up for advice on on-camera acting or acting in general he's like look man just get into voiceover and i was like that's not the advice i'm looking for <laughs> you know i'm like i needed i need some some juicy on-camera stuff and he was, he was just raving about voiceover and then later on down the line like i, I kind of um I realized how popular Troy had made video game stuff. And I think that's when I was like, yo, let me, let me take this a little bit more seriously. And then I booked Overwatch. So that it's just, uh, it's kind of an interesting like tale. <laughs> so sort of thinking about stuff that ha that's happened after Overwatch, like uh, sort of, sort of after uh, Overwatch's launch rather, um, you'd kind of done, I, I imagine voiceover bits and pieces here and there for stuff post-release and, and more recently, like for Heroes of the Storm since Lucia has come to that game as well. But I've, I've also noticed you post a lot of bizarre Twitter videos that are mostly comedy, but almost consistently very, very bizarre. Um, 
what's the the impetus there like why do you i i, I love it I, I think they're phenomenal videos but what do you sort of do them for is it, is it just sort of having that creative freedom so for many years i've been behind the scenes of creating and i think one of the biggest things is um being vulnerable and like revealing your true self as a human being and uh, putting it out there as art for people to accept or not accept. Right. Um, I think that's a scary place. And I think for me, I'm into creating and basically allowing myself to find what I think is weird or funny and then throwing it out there and seeing if anybody's like, Oh, I connect with that. And just being consistent about it, because I think uh, I find joy in creating, whether that be like, you know, I, I've done improv uh, comedy for many years um, and I was doing like improv shows um, out in Hollywood for a long time that, you know, it, it'd be just for an audience and then it would kind of like go away. And so I wanted to do a lot of like the fun bits that we do with my friends and like the, the shows that we do. I wanted to put it out into a place where, hey, other people can benefit it from it than just like you know uh, a theater out in out in LA and so uh yeah I just tried to allow myself to create because I, I do want to continue to create and and make uh you know series television I've directed uh but it's basically always also sharpening my skill and my eye so um yeah and it's always it's for the lulls I guess um so I, I guess speaking to that um looking forward sharpening skills wanting to pursue like having having those creative freedoms like what, what are you wanting to pursue over the maybe the next few years having um sort of being brought into the the gamersphere as, as lucio and and having more video game gigs since then like are, are you wanting to pursue specifically a lot more video game work or are you wanting to do more of those um like the, the behind the scenes more technical stuff like where are you wanting to take it in the next few years i think creatively creating a series doing more um, kind of new wave, um, I guess you could say narrative um, type uh, series in the future, whether that be, you know, online platform or for, for a show or a series. I think that down the way is something I'd really like to, to pursue. Uh, and of course, like voiceover, I, I've kind of, you know, now taken on a, a new kind of persona as a, a voiceover actor, which I would also like to continue to do and, and, I sharpen my skills there and, and, and get newer, more, uh, I guess you could say like uh, different roles that show my range as well as to do some more on camera, you know, acting on, on, on higher levels, which uh, has been kind of my, my main goal since I was in the seventh grade. So, um, so yeah, that just continuing to pursue uh, that and, and, and push my own comfort zones and levels to where I'm continuing to like show who I am and allow people to be themselves through maybe the work that I do. And, and basically it's about freedom, you know, and, uh, being free through creating somebody will see it and be like, Oh, I see that I'm inspired. I'm going to be me. I'm going to do me. I'm going to allow myself to, to, to create because he's making the weirdest shit. <laughs> and if he's making the weirdest shit, that gives me freedom to do my own thing. So yeah. yeah. Johnny Cruz doing his own thing. My God. Go and have a look at his Twitter. It's so bizarre. You're listening to Zed Games. I'm Cringy, and I'm here with Ray and Lee. Hey. Hey. And you played a video game lately. I did. Lee. I did. I thought we should discuss a video game. Something about show. sheets? 
Sure, why not? Uh, so it's called Far Lone Sales. 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 <laughs> yes. Uh, I played it on the PC. It's also available on the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 right now. And uh, it is a nice little contained experience. It took me about three and a half, four hours to play through. So if you are, you know, a person who can't be in the long haul with every video game, then this might be something worth looking at. Uh, and it is a, it's basically a, a side-scrolling platformer game with a few mild little physics puzzles elements to it, very much in the style of uh, Limbo or Inside, uh, which we've discussed at length because we love them on the show. They're beautiful. They're, they're beautiful, they're very atmospheric. Um, they're really good at, at telling a narrative without forcing one down your throat. But uh, those games are bleak as hell, whereas uh, far even though it is still kind of mining the same environmental uh, narrative stuff that they're doing, is much more about providing you with these little tiny moments of, uh, of, of achievement. So in the game, you are a, a little tiny person who is, for the most part, uh, the driver of this huge two-wheeled vehicle as it's, like, crossing... A uh, like a desert. It's yes, not a desert. A, it's a dried ocean. Yeah, a dried ocean, ocean bed. Ocean, ocean bed. Um, so you are crossing these these vast uh, environments. Um, you know, there'll, there'll be environmental effects. Sometimes you'll like you know go through abandoned uh, structures or small towns, things of that nature. Um, but uh, you are mostly concerned with the running of your vehicle, and you will have to hop from station to station to uh, ensure that the uh, the engine continues to go that you still have enough fuel that you uh, you know you're you're not over overheating um sometimes things will you know catch fire or break and you have to go and grab the appropriate tools to repair them and uh, it's all about establishing this rhythm of 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 maintenance mm. and uh and it is it is super relaxing it's you know i played it a, a one one lazy morning from start to finish uh and i just let this whole experience sort of wash over me and it was it was exactly what i was looking for you were, know? were you emotionally exhausted by the end of it or were you emotionally refreshed by the end of it or where did that where was the vibe now that's that's a very good question because uh you know finishing something like inside that does leave you completely drained yes um whereas this uh still sort of ends on a kind of ambiguous note of well what what could possibly happen next it, it does sort of leave your character just like at a spot but it feels like there's there's an element of hope there um it's not not as much as you you maybe would like but it is still a post-apocalyptic story and uh you know they tend not to be about how things are going to be great forever now right that's that's not that's <laughs> not what we're brand. looking for yeah yeah um but uh, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think that uh, it is it is a really remarkable aesthetic achievement, and I think that it is is really really good at uh, taking tiny little moments and teasing them out into something that that feels very refreshing and rewarding. As a as a, a good example, um, midway through you acquire a set of sails so that your your vehicle can power itself whenever the wind is strong enough, so that you don't have to keep worrying about. Uh, you know, finding fuel sources and loading them into the engine and then ensuring that the engine is constantly operating because it will switch itself off after a certain amount of time. And the first time that you, you get these big sails installed in this vehicle and, and unfurl them, 
it's it's just such a powerful moment, you know, because the the music picks up and the wind is going, and you're traveling across this huge environment. The camera pulls back a bit, and you just feel like at last things are going right. You know, it's it's a temporary thing, um, uh, and you know stuff gets a lot worse for you after that. But but it really does uh, sell this this idea of you being this this lone traveler trying to to piece success together out of these like tiny little little bleak near victories you know it's a uh, very art house wank but in a very kind of good way yeah sure yes <laughs> is that a little bit savage is that no no look from, from what you're describing and from what i'm seeing because i'm going through like the the some of the screenshots that i that we've got on the product page here like yep. it looks because i mean calling limbo and inside art house wank like sure i don't know yeah, no, they, they, but they they invoke that sort of emotional response. Yes, I yes, feel, yes. Is what Anytime I'm that you are, you know, trying to sell a tell a narrative wordlessly, trying to uh, convey a series of emotions. Yeah, then, yeah, cool. Know, That's my definition. You're cool. you are you know aiming for a, a certain type of audience. Yes, um, and so not a not as many people are going to be picking picking up on what they're they're laying down. But I think at the same time, there's a much more um, broader potential audience for it. Um, because you know it doesn't have any you know violence implied in it you know it's it's it is just about this uh you know a lot of times it sort of feels like a sea journey even though it is you know there's no ocean left obviously um yeah no it's uh father lone sales it's a really cool game about uh kind of being stranded and then dealing with that and uh if you you want something that's a bit atmospheric um, that has an end in sight, I would uh, wholeheartedly recommend it. Beautiful. Mm. Farlone Sales, now available on PC, Xbox One, PS4. Yes. Um, again, just release everything on Switch is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, that, pretty, that pretty much brings us to the end of Z Games this week. Thank you so much for listening to this car crash episode that I was so happy to be in charge of. Um, Lee, how did you feel about it? Look, I don't know whether we'll ever let you handle the panel again. You've said this so many times. I know, I know. But to counter that, yes. we're very lazy men. That's fair. Yeah. Mm. That's 100% fair. <laughs> uh, we'll see you real soon. Bye. Bye.